Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am Marvin Williams. Today is episode 24, and we are new chapter today, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. So the whole thing. It's a long passage. We're getting into some longer um, sections here. So lots of ground to cover, but let's jump in. Yeah. So, um, and th- this is, um, again, one of those questions when I read the passage, I'm I was struck by, um, I, I wonder if I was like this, this young boy or this boy in, um, in, the, in the story. So in what way would being blind change your life? Hmm. Well, I mean, there, I, I think about how much I do depend on my sight yeah. for, yeah. Um, for learning, for interactions with others, it, it then actually makes me think of our friend Barb Horton. Yeah, yeah. And she is amazing in how she recognizes people by their voice, how she can maneuver her way through our church building without help. Like, so I think in some sense, she, it, it heightens her other senses, um, which is, it still is continuing continually amazing to me. She has a great sense of humor. So when we, and you probably heard us, I said, so Barb, it's good to see you. And she says, good to see you yes, too. She does. And so, and, and I think she even, I mean, she even means that like, I, yeah, whatever it might look like to her, she has a picture of each person because she does know you like, yeah, absolutely. Just from a, a quick sentence or two. She, she knows you. She's remarkable. Yeah. For me, I, you know, I, that, that's one of the things that, that, that kind of frightens me, man. If I lose my sight, yeah. I could probably could say that about my smell or I could say that about my taste, but there's something, you know, missing, you know, uh, a beautiful picture or mm-hmm. a beautiful sunset. So it would, I think it would sadden me at, you know, at, at first mm-hmm. and then having to learn how to deal with it, learning how to listen more and slow down and pay attention. So, so I think it 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 would change it would change a lot. Deep, as you mentioned, depending on others, we're yeah. fairly independent creatures where you can just simply go and. But then that that would mean you're you're depending on someone else to get you somewhere, and and that to me is um, yeah it 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 losing physical sight can um, can be difficult. But but even worse than losing physical sight is is not having spiritual sight, yeah. the kind of sight that that I think God wants us to have. And this story today kind of helps us to see um, someone who regains their physical sight, but also in the process, they gain their spiritual sight as well. And so we're talking about that today. Yes, so. yes we are. So what, what, sucks, what stands out to you? Well, here? first, we need, I, I do want to point out, this is the sixth sign, yeah, six yeah. of seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, these very specific miracles that John includes for the purpose of believing something yeah. about Jesus. So we'll we'll see that as we go through, but just heads up for that. Yeah, um, yeah right off the bat, I think it's so interesting. Um, so there, there's a man who's been blind from birth, and the disciples ask Jesus, you know, who sinned? Was it this guy or his parents that he's been born blind? Which was a very common belief yeah. in that time. Like any sort of disability was a result, it was viewed as a result of sin. Yep, absolutely. 
that is not what we believe right to be true so um and i think we talked about this in a previous episode yes there are consequences for sin sometimes a sickness or an illness might be a result of sin but in this case and that's what jesus goes on to say um neither this man nor his parents sinned jesus answered this came about so that god's works might be displayed in him and i uh I made a note right on the, in the margin, like the idea that in our weaknesses, he is strong. Yeah. yeah. You know, this man couldn't see, but Jesus was using that physical weakness to bring glory to himself. And that's true for us too. Yeah. yeah. Those areas where we are weak, that's where we can see God work. We see his provision when we're strong and feeling good. It's easy for us to forget that apart from him, we can do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love um, when you know when Jesus says, um, you know, this happened to this person, so that um, so that God's work might be displayed to the world, and and there are times where we we try our best to come from under adversity, to not deal with it. Please take it away. When God says, yeah. "Hey, Carolyn, Hey, Marvin, I have something that I I want to use this adversity." to actually put my work on display. Now I'm going to use you and say, well, like, can you use someone else? Like this hurts, this is painful. And yet the, the, that God knows everything and that God is sovereign. That, that's a big word for he's in control. Mm-hmm. He takes our lives. He takes our adversity. He takes our sickness and illness. He takes, um, you know, really, really bad things and he redeems them you know, for his glory, um, for his glory, but also for our benefit yep. and for the benefit of those around, uh, around us. And, and it's painful, but, but when I keep that in mind that God is trying to do something, he's trying to display something, uh, so that others might see. So this, that was a, that was a, um, that little line there, it, it really struck me that, you no, know, God really does care about us, uh, even in the midst of our adversity, our pain, our suffering, He's really trying to do something mm-hmm. uh, in us so that we might be displayed for for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a, a that was another uh, just another point for me that that helped me to see something beyond my suffering and adversity. Yeah. Um, what about that verse four where Jesus says, "We must do the works of Him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work." Yeah, sometimes Jesus speaks so cryptically, you know, yes, it's like, that... <laughs> like, okay, is he talking about physical night when you can't really see anything? You can't right, mow the grass and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, so what I, is he talking about yeah, there? He, he's talking, I, I think Jesus is getting at, what, what he's getting at here is, is that he's given us a whole life. And that whole life is to actually do his work. Just like Jesus had a whole life. Mm-hmm. He died at 33, but he said, you know something? I have a span of time that I need to do the works of my father because when I die, I won't be able to do the work anymore because I'm dead and you can't do work after you've died. And so the same thing for us is that we have a span of life, whether it's 50 years or 60 years or 70 years or 80 years, God has given us a purpose and that purpose is to be actually achieved in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. the works that we do, helping others, serving others, using our spiritual gifts, all of those things. Because when we die, there is no getting it right. There is no doing a work after we die. So this little time that we have, it's a little blip. It, 
it, it behooves us, I like that word, mm-hmm. uh, it behooves us to say, God, what is it that you've called me to do? Yeah. What works do you want me to do while I'm alive? Because I recognize time is short and I won't be able to do those works after I die. So, so I think for me, that's really, that, that's sobering that um, God has given every single one of us works to do, and it's up to us to discern what those are. Um, in our neighborhood, um, with our coworkers, with our family, what works has he given us to do? Mm-hmm. And we should be about those because um, life is short, and once we die, we won't be able to accomplish those any longer. Yeah, and just to double tap on that a second, you might feel like, well, that's for special people or more important people. Like when Marvin says that you have there, God has a plan for you. That's for real. Like Paul says that multiple times says you, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And we have their uh, works prepared in advance for us to do. God, God has it laid out. Like, and that is true for every single one of us. doesn't matter if you're a full-time ministry or it it is every single believer there is a plan. There are gifts that you have um, been given, spiritual gifts that you've been given. You have your time. You have uh, your talents, and and there we are yeah, called so, to do that. So get you know if if you're again those who are listening, get busy and and because there's something that God has given you, and um, other people will be blessed by you using um, your gifts and abilities. Um, mm-hmm. to, to bless others. So mm-hmm. what, what else stands out to you in this passage? Well, we're just going verse by verse, but verse five. Yeah. <laughs> I do think um, Jesus describes himself as the light of the world, which that was referenced in the, the last episode section. We didn't even talk about it there. Right, right. But interesting in this, in the middle of this story um, of a man who has physical darkness with blindness and Jesus is that example of light in a spiritual sense coming into our dark, sin-filled world. And so you see it, and I think that's just a, an, a great parallel of that, the physical blindness as well as the spiritual blindness. And Jesus is that light. Yeah, he's that light. And, and so, you know, even, even just on a practical note, if you are suffering from guilt and shame of the darkness of your past— um, and, and you hardly ever want to talk about it. You don't want anybody else to talk about it. You're afraid that it is going to come to the light. Um, and you're going to be embarrassed even more. The, the reality is that Satan wants to keep it dark. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, no, I'm the light of the world. And I, yes, I expose it, but the beauty of it is even after it's exposed, Jesus's love and grace covers that exposure, yeah. and and we really don't have to worry about um, God condemning us for something we've done in the past. Is His light really does shine on that? Yes, it it does it does uncover the shame and the guilt, but but He covers it with His love and with His grace, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it, and and for for the um, for those who might be feeling that Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I've come to actually light up your life and not cause the darkness. And so I love that. I love that part too. John uses light and darkness as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you hinted at it, the the idea this man is spiritually, um, he is physically blind, but also spiritually blind. And Jesus comes and he is, um, he's desiring for this man to see in both realms, physically, as well as spiritually. Yep. Yes. Anything else? What what what, uh, well, what are some other things that stand out to you? So Jesus goes ahead and, and heals 
he heals his blindness. And then our friends, the Pharisees, get all upset again because here he is healing somebody on the Sabbath. <laughs> and, and they're not even excited about this man they, who's been born blind yeah, and he's the, now can see. Yeah, they're just worried about their rules and the keeping the rules. Um, but, and here's what, but something I love about this, um, this man who was born blind and who now can see. In verse 25, you know, they're, uh, the Pharisees are questioning him and, you know, like, uh, well, who was it that healed you? And, you know, we've, we've got to figure this, this out. And in verse 25, he answers, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, love yeah, yeah. his authenticity yeah, there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know everything about him. But here is what I do know yeah. is that he healed me and he gave me sight. And that he doesn't, and, and that is true for us too. Yeah. We don't have to have Jesus all figured out before we can believe. Like he had an experience with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus. His was a physical healing experience. He knew I've been changed and that's, what I, what I'm standing on. I don't have them all figured out, but I know what I've encountered. I know the change that he has brought to me. And, and we can share that. We can share that much. You don't have to have the Bible figured out from cover to cover, but you do know one thing and there, you were one way, um, this, during this period of time, and now you met Jesus and now you're different. You can share that story. Yep. Share that story, and um, and it, and that story, our stories will awaken our testimonies. That's a that's a big word for our stories mm-hmm. of how Jesus changed us. Um, it will awaken something in someone to say, "Hey, can I hear more about that?" And it's interesting that the religious leaders and the parents they are. He tells his story at least four times in this chapter, mm-hmm. and he doesn't waver. He says, listen, this is what happened to me, and that's all I know right now. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it's pretty cool to be able to know our story, to be able to tell our story and tell it with a sense of passion and, um, and conviction mm-hmm. that this is what Jesus has done for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Now, there is a little harsh detail we, in verse 34. Um, you know, they continue to argue with him, and then ultimately they throw him out of the temple. So... But it's important for us to realize that that belief in Jesus can lead to rejection. There will yeah. be relationships that, um, like, whoa, you've gotten too weird for me. <laughs> um, right. There, there, we may face rejection as followers of Jesus. That's just a part of it. Yeah, so. and, and and again, Jesus says, count the cost. Count the yes. cost. Um, when when you believe in me, there's going to be all kinds of things. Same thing that happened to me is going to happen to you because you believe. Now, the beauty of this is um, I, I love that when he is put out of the synagogue because he believed in Jesus, Jesus finds him. Mm-hmm. And and in, uh, in those moments of rejection and disappointment and believing something and suffering for the sake of Jesus, um, I think Peter says the glory of God will rest on us because... We have suffered for him, and this man, Jesus, finds this man, and um, and and says, "Hey, you know, do you do you know who healed you?" He said, "I, I really don't know," and um, and then Jesus eventually tells him, "I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who healed you. I'm the one who was coming into the world," and so he finds him. And I love the fact that when we are 
suffering for the sake of Jesus. He doesn't leave us alone. Mm -hmm. He finds us, and then he gives us more. He explains more of himself to us so our belief in him can go deeper, our conviction can go deeper, so that when we stand in front of people who may not believe, uh, we have even more conviction about who he is. And and I think this this young man was not afraid anymore. He wasn't afraid when he was talking to the Pharisees. I yeah. mean, he stood his ground. Yeah. Um, but I think he has a greater conviction of who Jesus is um, because I think Jesus revealed a little bit more of himself during that time. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, then it moves into kind of a focus on spiritual blindness. And the Pharisees, oh, they, they just miss it. Like verse 40, when they say, uh, well, we aren't blind too, are we? Like, oh, and they are blind to their blindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, we could sit here and be like, can they just get it together? We see this over and over and over. Or more appropriately, we say, wow, what can, what do I see? And what am, or what am I not seeing yeah. in my own spiritual blindness? How am I um, missing? Because again, these are the religious people who are missing it. The most spiritually blind are the ones that are the most spiritually informed. Yeah. And we've talked about that at previous episodes. So that it's the heart that's missing there. And their, their blindness, um, uh, uh, religious rules and traditions. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, you know, when you look at God's law, it's, 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 it's good, but they began to add so many things to it where the tradition and religion and not relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that that blinded them to reality. So, so, so all through the Old Testament, God has been promising a Messiah. Messiah shows up. They see the evidence. Water turned to wine. Uh, those who are blind being uh, their uh, their eyes, uh, their sight being restored. Uh, those who were sick on the verge of death, they're being restored without uh, Jesus being in in their presence. And so they see the evidence. But they cling to their rules and uh, and tradition more than the revelation of who Jesus is as Messiah, and Jesus has to confront their blindness, and um, and and he does, and he says, "Duh, you are blind," uh, because when they, I mean, I'm kind of marvelizing it a little bit when he said, "Are we blind too?" Mm-hmm. Jesus, in, in in essence, says, "Yes, you are," mm-hmm. and so and, that was my point. Yeah. <laughs> And really, I'm the only one who can give you your sight. But again, you have to be aware that you're blind in order to receive uh, receive sight. And so, I love what you said. They they simply didn't. They they were they were blind to their blindness. Yeah. Um. And and Jesus came to say, I'm I'm the one who I'm the light of the world, uh, who will give you your sight. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm like I I struggle with them sometimes that they did not respond to him, but, um, but Jesus, it wasn't because Jesus wasn't offering it to them. So, so yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up the episode, what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from this passage? Yeah, I believe, um, one of the things I can believe about God is that, um, he is light. Um, he is light. Um, he desires to not only, um, help me to see who I am, uh, but also to see uh, who he is. And so I think that's one thing I can believe about him is that he's light. Mm-hmm. He exposes uh, the darkness of my past, even the darkness of my present, but he doesn't reject me. Uh, he invites me into a closer relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I love 
that truth that he that he comes to us in times of rejection in times of need that we see with the blind man he you know when he when we are weak he is strong and also when we're feeling alone jesus jesus came to him i love i love that god is like that um and then when i think about what can i believe about myself or others boy, I just don't want to be a Pharisee. Yeah, You know, yeah. I don't want to be blind to my blindness. Yeah. And even thinking back to our previous episode of, and so I need to know the truth. So I'm not caught up in lies yeah. or deceptions or extra, extra truth. Maybe that's kind of was really their problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah, was the yeah. extra truth. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to... So I want to be diligent in that. So I'm, so I'm not like those Pharisees. Yeah. And he's given us an invitation um, to walk in light um, and, uh, so that we're, um, so that we're not blind. And so we are not those Pharisees. And so I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Have a spiritual conversation with someone for yourself this week.